This is GM Word of the Week, and I'm Fiddleback. Zodiac. Hadar! Yes, Hadar. There you are. Eastern Horizon, transiting the Wyvern. Interesting, interesting, and, and with the moon in the manticore. <laughs> Thuban to the west, descending, and, and, and Kirad, Kirad in the zenith. Mm, Kirad in train with Thuban and Hedark. Oh, dear, 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 dear. Curse me. Dark times ahead. Dark times written in the stars. I warned the council to always keep one eye on the Zodiac. Now they will see, they will all see, if we survive. Ni hao, word nerds. And hongin daji. No, you didn't misread the language tag on this podcast again. We're just wishing our listeners of Chinese descent a happy new year. Specifically, we said hello, and we wish you a lucky year of the monkey. Because, as we were recently reminded while trying to place a custom order from a Chinese company, it is the Chinese New Year. And that's a big deal. Because it means we can't get our products shipped to us. But we took Christmas off, so we can't complain. See, although China officially uses the Gregorian calendar like most of the rest of the world, they weren't so quick to give up their own calendar. Because the Chinese calendar is not just about counting days and knowing when seasons are. It is steeped in their culture, their spirituality, and their traditions. The Chinese calendar marks the days of festivals and celebrations. But it can also tell you the luckiest day to have your wedding, and when to wear your red underwear to ward off bad fortune, and whether you take those sorts of beliefs seriously or not. There's no reason not to take some steps to ensure good luck smiles on you. But what actually lies at the heart of the Chinese calendar, just like what actually lies at the heart of the Gregorian calendar, is astronomy. And it ties into this word, zodiac. Today, in the United States at least, we associate the zodiac with astrological hokum. After all, the idea that there's only 12 possible outcomes for the day and which day you get from the multiple choice test is based on the day you were born seems kind of silly. But there's astrology. Western and Eastern are both far more complex than the newspapers and monkey talk would have you believe. And they are a beautiful melding of science and spirituality. And in a fantasy game, spirituality and beauty are far more important than science. So let's look up at the stars. What you have to understand is that stars are weird. Sure, today they make perfect sense. Once upon, there was no universe. There wasn't even nothing, because there was nowhere for the nothing to be. And then suddenly, the universe began to expand from a single point. And then it all got crazy and suddenly ballooned out. But it didn't balloon out evenly. It was sort of wrinkly. And in some places it was a little cooler. And some places there was a little more stuff. And that stuff, over billions of years, started to sort of collapse in on itself. 
and then the stuff collapsed so tight that it exploded and started nuclear fusion. And suddenly, the universe was filled with balls of nuclear fury. And then planets. And us. See? It makes perfect sense. Nothing strange about that at all. But the ancient people didn't know about things like fusion and gravitation and vacuum energy and spontaneous symmetry breaking. They know they lived in a world. And high overhead you had a sun and a moon and a whole bunch of tiny little dots glowing away. And desperate to understand what they were and why they existed, they started to notice patterns. In the Middle East, for example, they noticed particular collections of stars that looked like animals, if you really squinted. And they noticed that the sun traced a path through the same collection of animal shapes every year. And that became the zodiac, which is a Greek word that means circle of animals. Oh sure, they also noticed seasons and lunar cycles and other things. But the zodiac was all about which star patterns the sun wandered through and what the gods were trying to tell them in that secret code. Meanwhile, in ancient China, they were paying attention to something else. They noticed the number 12. See, if you watch the moon, you'll notice that it goes through phases, right? We hope we're not blowing any minds here. If you keep track of the number of full moons in a year, it's always 12. And 12 became sort of a central number in the Chinese calendar. So they built a calendar that was based on 12-part cycles. The earliest calendars even had 12-day weeks. But what's interesting is that they also assumed there were cycles of 12 years. Why? because they watched a particular star wandering across the sky. And that was weird, because the other stars stayed still. This particular star, and a few others, moved, though. In Greece, they called those stars planetos, which means wanderer. And that's why we call those moving stars planets. Of course, eventually, we figured out the difference between stars and planets. This particular energetic little star was called Su Jing, the year star, and we call it Jupiter. And if you round off a little bit, it appears to take about 12 years to get back to where it started in the sky. And that is where the idea of cycles of 12 years comes from. The Shangxiao is what we think of as the Chinese zodiac. It literally means birth likeness, and it derives from the idea that each year has its own special qualities that come and go. If you're born in a particular year, you're likely to pick up some of those properties. And when those years come around again, that has a particular effect on you. Because the universe is, after all, based on mathematical cycles. Honestly, it's not too different from the Western Zodiac, is it? The year is divided into 12 periods based on where the sun is in relation to pictures in the sky. If you're born during a particular period, you pick up some of those qualities. 
Again, it makes a certain amount of sense. But it's still clearly silly to break everything down into just 12 periods, whether you're Chinese or Roman, who were obsessed with astrology. Well, of course it is. Even astrologers think it is. The ancient ones and the modern ones. Because there is a lot more to astrology in either hemisphere than those simple cycles. For example, in Western astrology, everything is based on a horoscope, right? But a horoscope isn't just a two-sentence summary of how your day is going to go. The word means picture of time. And what it actually is, is an accurate picture of the entire sky. The parts we can see and the parts we can't at a specific moment. A Western horoscope divides the sky first and foremost into 12 houses, basically just 12 segments with different properties. Those things are where they are based on geography, north, south, east, and west. Now, the zodiac, the wheel of animals, rotates around the earth. So there's also a ring that shows how the zodiac currently, at any given moment, lines up with the houses. And then, you have to plot the position of the Sun, and the Moon, and the planets Mercury, Venus, Mars, etc. against those houses. And the relationship between every tiny little part of the chart determines something about the forces that are currently in play in your life. And, I should point out, all of these positions are relative to where you are. For example, when you are born, if you want to know what type of person you are, you need a birth chart. It's a horoscope that draws out the exact appearance of the sky at the moment of your birth as it appears from the location on Earth of your birth. Now, we here at Word of the Week are not prepared to go on record as saying just because it's complicated, that makes it true. We're pretty sure astrology is hokum just like phrenology and palm reading and Ouija boards. We're just trying to show you that it is an extremely complicated, extremely detailed system rooted very firmly in some very complex astronomy, which is pretty neat. What about the Chinese Shengxi Ao? It too is based on far more complexity than simply naming a year after an ox and calling it a day. For example, the sequence of animal signs, which we should name quickly. The animal signs of the Chinese zodiac are the rat, ox, tiger, rabbit, dragon, snake, horse, sheep, monkey, rooster, dog, and pig. And each of these is a symbolic representation of certain qualities and spiritual forces and the like. For example, monkey is associated with cleverness, innovation, adaptability, enthusiasm, and honesty. But monkey is also associated with arrogance, jealousy, and sometimes a bad temper. The sequence of animals is complicated by the fact that the 12-year cycle of the zodiac lies within a longer 60-year cycle, which is based on a counting system known as the heavenly stems and earthly branches. The 12 branches are the 12 animals. They represent the forces present on earth and in living things. 
The ten heavenly stems represent the divine forces, in this case associations with the five Chinese elements of wood, fire, earth, metal, and water, and the fundamental Chinese duality of yin and yang. So you have natural growing wood and cut lumber, you have native earth and you have earthenware, you have metal ore and wrought metal. See. The cycles are even more complicated than that though, because there are also seasons and even hours of the day, and all of them correspond to mystic forces. Mid to late morning is the time of snake because that's when snakes leave their burrows to hunt, and some folks take these cycles very seriously. For example, it is sometimes believed that people born in a particular year their Ben Ming Nian, or year of birth, are particularly unlucky when their sign comes around again. The god of age, Tai Sui, tends to visit misfortune on people when the cycles match up, so those who want to protect themselves gird themselves with red clothing, particularly socks, belts, and underwear. Those given as gifts by elders are believed to be particularly lucky. Red, as a color of luck and to ward off evil spirits, also shows up in the tradition of giving money in red envelopes for holidays and special occasions. Anyway, at the time this podcast goes live, we will be four days into the year of the fire monkey, and you might be asking why those animals and why in that particular order. The western zodiac was based literally on seeing pictures in the sky. What? is the Chinese zodiac based on. Well, remember, these animals are symbols for greater forces, at least in theory, but there is a story about why they come in the order they do. Once upon a time, the Jade Emperor, the God of Heaven, decreed that animals would serve as the basis for his calendar, and that the twelve animals that showed up first to his court would be the ones to represent the calendar. It was like one of those radio contests, except that being the first caller meant you literally got to be a channel for the fundamental forces of the universe and govern time. Rat and Cat were very excited. They decided to wake up early, they were roommates back then, and get there first. But Cat always slept in, so Rat promised to wake Cat up early. But when Rat woke up the next day, he was so excited that he ran out of the house and forgot to wake up Cat. Along the way, Rat met other animals, and he was worried he wouldn't get there first because the other animals were faster. So he cut a deal with Ox. If Ox would let him ride on his back, Rat would sing for Ox the whole way. Ox agreed. The two arrived ahead of all the other animals, and then Rat suddenly scurried ahead of Ox at the last minute. The other animals trickled in according to the speed at which they traveled, and finally, Cat showed up. And Cat was so late that all the positions were filled. And this is why Cat hates Rat and tries to murder him every chance he gets. Basically, you could say that Tom and Jerry was entirely based on the Chinese god of gods creating time and having a contest to decide who gets to be on which page of the calendar. 
So what use is this in your game? Well, remember you're in a world powered not by big bangs and nuclear fission, but by gods and mystic cycles. Now, we're not suggesting you create an entire complicated system of astrology for your game, but, well, maybe you could, actually. At the very least, wouldn't it be cool if you had a list of 12 signs and some rough personality traits and asked your players which sign their hero was born under? Well, that would be fun. And if you don't care for anything as complicated as that, you could at least decide on a few constellations and planets for your sky. For example, players in one of our campaigns navigate the ocean by following the crown and the sword. Simple, but effective. And of course, you can foreshadow events in your game by allowing astrologers to make predictions. And if none of that floats your boat, at least decide why the stars exist and what they are, because they sure aren't giant flaming nuclear reactions billions of miles away. Unless you're boring. This has been the GM Word of the Week. It was written by the Angry GM and recorded and produced by me, Fiddleback. You can find more at theangrygm.com and madadventurers.com. Thank you.